0: Lock on. on. on.
1: on. 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 Welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code lockedon and you'll get $10 off your first order. I'm Marcus Mosher, and as always, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir?
0: Not much. We're talking big uglies in the middle today, I'm excited. It's, yeah. this, is, this is a position that uh, has been called upon by Cowboys fandom to get have some change happen these last few years. I think people have been really tired of the way that the defensive tackle group has looked And I think we're going to get some of that change this year, and I'm excited to talk about
1: it. Yeah, we certainly have change. Um, I'm still not sure if it's going to be better or worse than what we've had over the last couple of years, but certainly change. Um, Let's go ahead and start with the the biggest name that the Cowboys acquired uh, this offseason. Gerald McCoy, they replaced him uh, with, (laughs) you know, they replaced Malik Collins. Um, Listen, I was a Malik Collins fan. I never thought he, he got enough credit, so it's kind of bummed to see him go. Um, but Gerald McCoy has been a better player throughout his career. Now he's certainly older. Um, what can we expect from Gerald McCoy at this stage in his career? Uh,
0: you know, I think I honestly think that at least immediately, um, I think this is an upgrade from from uh, Collins. I don't I think know. That's fair. At, uh, at, I, at I,
1: least I in year one. At least yeah, in year one. Yeah, yes.
0: totally, totally. I, I don't know beyond that if it if it is. I mean, I, I imagine. Collins is still an ascending young player. Uh, I mean, still, I think he's only 26, if I'm mistaken. So maybe younger. 24. 24. Oh, Jeez. Wow, yeah, so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's still learning. And again, like, I think a lot of what our issue with Collins was, you know, just kind of constantly waiting for him to transcribe what we saw in training camp onto the field. Right, and uh, you're right and to go
1: from go from being a average to maybe above average player to an elite player, but he yeah. just never made that step.
0: It just never kind of Which happened. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's I mean, it just I think if anything, the issue you know tended to be that the contract situation ran out. You know, like they they if if they had I, I'm sure they you know, they're not they weren't going to cut the guy if he had two more years on him because I think they would have liked to see him develop, but you know the contract was up, and I think they were at a crossroads where they were going to either resign him or or let him go, and I think that they. You know, honestly, I think that this was a way of them not getting into something that they weren't sure they wanted. You know, I I think a lot of what happened with Gerald McCoy and and Poe is that it gives them very good uh, temporary answers to the questions that they have at tackle uh, without having to make a commitment – to, uh, you know, playing a 4-3 or a 3-4, you know, beyond 2020, right? So I I
1: I would also add in there really quickly, I'd also add in there, I think, I don't think Collins wanted a long-term commitment either because he signed in the first day of free agency, he signed a one-year deal because I think he's thinking the same thing a lot Mm -hmm. of fans were that. He's a much better player than what his stats have shown over the last couple of years, and if he can go somewhere else and prove it for a year, he's going to get a much bigger deal. I just don't think the Cowboys wanted to tie themselves up there either. I, I it was just kind of a fascinating situation, but go ahead, I didn't mean interrupt.
0: Yeah, no, I just think you know, with, with, it's a it's a new group, and and I don't think it's coincidence that Collins went and signed with you know the group that he had been working with previously. So, um, yeah, I just think that. I just think that he wanted another year of performing, but again, I, I think even then, if you re-sign Collins to a one-year deal, and he performs well, and you still want to make that transition away from a fourth, you know, from a full-time four-three, then that kind of decreases the value of this player that you're about That's to fair. try to re-sign. Yeah. So I, I think they still they they they're la- labeling themselves as hybrid. I think they want to play. You know, kind of a mix between four three and three four, but I also think that part of this was about leaving themselves some flexibility. So beyond twenty twenty, if they wanted to reconfigure what the defensive tackles look like, they could. And Gerald McCoy comes in as a you know the veteran who is the ideal version of Malik Collins on the other side of uh, on the on his back nine. Right, we're, yeah, we're trying fair, to see how fair. much he has left. He, I, mean, I think he can provide. The kind of pass rush that Malik Collins had, except maybe a little bit more steady, uh, a little bit more uh, consistent. Maybe he's probably not that eight eight to ten sack. I mean, he isn't that eight to ten sack guy anymore. But he's a more balanced player. I I think he 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 started to incorporate a lot more, a lot better run defense into his game. Um, so I think what we're getting is a very balanced under-defensive uh, uh, under, under defensive tackle who I think can probably move around a little bit at this point if you needed to, to kind of give you different looks at, at different uh, gaps.
1: And I actually really like the contract that the Cowboys got with Gerald McCoy. Basically, it's a one-year rental that they can get out of next year with very little dead cap money. Um, I, I think I do agree. I think it's, a, it's an upgrade for this year. And then the Cowboys can reevaluate this next offseason to see, you know, if they if he played really well, bring him back certainly. If he was only okay, or if you liked what you saw out of Tristan Hill and the Gallimore, who we'll get to in a second, you can also move on and get younger and cheaper at that spot. So, not a lot to complain about there. I think considering who was available and what the Cowboys needed, I think McCoy was a was a smart move by the Cowboys. The next spot I want to talk about, Landon, is Don Terry Poe. Uh, the the one technique, maybe going to play a little bit of nose tackle here. Uh, there was a lot of names that were kind of listed out there as potential options for, for the Cowboys. Uh, but Dallas goes with Poe, who played with McCoy in Carolina last year. What are you expecting from the former first-round pick in 2012?
0: Well, I thought this was funny because when you mentioned the, the big name, the biggest name that we signed, I, I assumed you meant Don Terry Poe because I thought we were, we were talking literally. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's he's a big point. man, <laughs> and, and in the middle there, I, I you know, I think again, uh, this is kind of what more I was referring to when I said that the, a new look at the position. Don Terry Poe is exactly the not the kind of guy that this defense would have signed in the last few years. Um, Absolutely not. He's nope. just you know big, powerful presence in the middle. I mean, the thing about Poe is that you know a lot of his game for most of his career was based on. Uh, explosion and and that power and getting into gaps and, and getting through. I think as his career has gone on he's you know he's kind of leaned into more of a power player who can you know maybe push the pocket a little bit uh, in, in some early down situations. Uh, but I think the the big thing here is that I think he is going to require some double teams. He's going to eat some double teams in the middle, and that's going to help your linebackers behind them run free more free a little bit. Uh, I just don't think that guys like Antoine Woods and 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 really, I mean, I can't even think of another nose tackle that we had on our roster last year who was commanding double teams. You know, who was well? You know, I mean,
1: when's the, when's the last defensive tackle that's really commanded double teams? I mean, think about all the crappy one techniques this team has cycled through between Nick Hayden and Antoine Woods. and I I mean, just a bunch of bad players they've used in that spot
0: before. Guys that they've just gotten by with. And it's fine, but it's also like, I mean... If they aren't eating up double teams or commanding double teams, if I think I can block Nick Hayden with my center, which I mean, frankly, you probably can, you, you can. Then I mean, think about what that means for the protection. They can they can use uh, those other blockers elsewhere. And when you're talking about a four man rush with, I mean, they aren't blitzing. They, they aren't coming with more than four very often. No. And when they do, no. you're still not. You're still five versus five. So, uh, yeah, I think that hopefully at the least Poe will command more double teams. And I I think that will hopefully help free up or at least give the the linebackers on the second level an extra tick to uh, see offensive linemen coming their way and be able to get clean and and make plays on the ball.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think you're getting the Kansas City version of Don Terry Poe or even what we saw in Atlanta a few years ago. I think he's pretty clearly he's declined quite a bit. Just, I mean, he's had a back injury that that has limited him a little bit. Um, He's still athletic. He's still massive. He's still really strong. That technique is still all over the place. He doesn't really win with his hands at all. But is he an upgrade over Antoine Woods? Yeah, I think so. And I think my my guess is that they're going to rotate these guys still a lot. So it's not like Poe is going to be an every-down player. Carolina tried to turn him into that last season. I think that was just foolish. Um, But if he can give you... What's the right number of snaps? 15, 20 snaps a game? Does that feel too low? Or does that yeah, feel like the right number?
0: I'm thinking like 20, 25 maybe. You know? Okay, 20, 25, I, I, five. I have good confidence that Tom Sula is going to be able to work with Poe and maybe get not a late career resurgence, but I think we're going to see a better version of Don Terry Poe than we have sure. these last few seasons because I have faith in Jim Tom Sula.
1: Perfect. Uh, that's 20, 25 snaps a game. Depending on the game script, I, I I think there's going to be games where they're up a lot, maybe, and you don't need them because they're going to be passing a bunch. There'll be games where they're down in the fourth quarter, and you need them to stop the run. So he, he's going to be a little bit script-dependent, but I still think you can get solid play out of Don Terry Poe. Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Built Bar again. Uh, this is like four days in a row. But right before I came on the show, uh, I grabbed a, a Built Bar to, before we started. I went with coconut again today. That's that's been one of Co- my favorites lately. Coconut's
0: a solid flavor. I'm, 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 it's one. Yeah. All the coconut variations are frankly my yes,
1: favorite. absolutely. Uh, if you've never tried Built Bar before, let me tell you this: they are by far the best tasting protein bars out there. They just taste like a candy bar. It's really even hard to explain it. Uh, real chocolate, real flavors. Uh, the best part is that there are low-calorie bars with a ton of protein packed in with no crazy additives. If you want to get on, get in on Built Bars, just go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. All right, Lena, now we get down to the interesting spot of the, the Cowboys defensive tackle rotation. Um, two young guys, and actually, I think... I think Tristan Hill is still a little bit younger uh, yes. than Neville Gallimore. Um, he is. So let's go ahead and start there. I want to start with Tristan Hill, the second round pick from last year. Um, showed some flashes at some points in the season, not a ton. Uh what you know now that they changed coaching staff, Rod Marinelli is no longer here, what are we expecting from Tristan Hill in year 2? I
0: I really have no idea. You know, I mean that's this is I would say that Outside of maybe Connor McGovern, I I think that Tristan Hill to me is the biggest wild card in sure. in, in this team because he you know has pedigree enough to be a second round pick and and I, and I do think that when he got drafted last year I mean I think I viewed him as a third round player you know? I,
1: I think most people did it's right? like, so, so, like a mid third round yeah, yeah
0: I don't really I don't know I don't know that I really like uh had a problem with where he was drafted i mean i I think it was a reach but i don't think it was i think we
1: had bigger problems with the guys that were drafted behind behind him him. yes yes so we we liked a lot of the guys that fell go ahead
0: let's take that out let's just take him in in the context of his draft pick in the context of all that and the feeling that it was reached tristan didn't have any hand in any of that and all the people that did they're gone right so right now tristan has got a completely clean slate He's a young kid. You, you mentioned it. He's younger than the rookie that we drafted this year. And I think that as far as pedigree goes, it's, he's on par with Gallimore. I just think that his, his ride to get there has been a lot more uneven. You know? Yeah, I
1: think you can even make a case that his, his pedigree is better. He was far more productive in college than what Gallimore was.
0: Well, I, I mean, I think that's that's fair. I just think that, you know, when you look at all the circumstance that happened at different points with coaching staff, and, and again, that kind of gives me a little bit of pause because, you know, Tristan Hill clearly did not handle the coaching change that happened at UCF well. Uh, and and so. But, I, I mean, again, how much of that is about the coaching staff and how much of that is about Tristan? And so... You know, I think with Tristan Hill, there's a there's a level of hand washing going on with with people that that just feel like, oh, well, he's, uh, you know, he's, it was a bust. His his coaches are gone, so everyone's forget about him. I, I I want to believe that Tristan Hill has taken this opportunity and 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 decided to kind of embrace it and 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 try to actually make himself better. I, I, but I honestly believe that it's probably you know hit or miss and it, i think it's very mm. the, the spectrum of where he could be as a player could be anywhere you know he could have taken this the right yes. way and, and really taken into the offseason and worked out hard and turned into a monster because he has the kind of physical talent to do that i think
1: absolutely uh, yeah.
0: and then uh, or he could have gotten disheartened he could have felt sorry for himself he could have felt like uh, oh all my uh you know, all my uh, rabbis, as they call them, are, are gone. You know, all, all all the people that are vouching for me that that, that are that are that are you know my uh, my sponsors, I guess is the other word that gets used. They're gone, so sure. I, I I don't know if I have any footing or where I even am in this depth chart. I, I, you know, it, it, I think it could go anywhere in between that very wide spectrum. But I, I think Tristan Hill is a guy that when you talk about talent and you talk about unknown. I think he's at the top of the list. He could he could really fall anywhere from being a very solid rotational backup who could be taking a starting spot someday to, again, a guy who doesn't even dress out because you know, they, there are three or four other guys that they like better than him.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll even go one step further. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that he's not on the Week 1 roster. You know, Again, this isn't a coaching staff that drafted him. And the Cowboys could decide, hey— we like Devel Gallimore. We want to get him as many snaps as possible. We like Antoine Woods as the backup for, for uh, Don Terry Poe. We're good with some of these down-the-roster guys. Let's move on. Let's trade him for a 6th or 7th round pick. Let's cut him and just kind of move on. That, that wouldn't shock me at all. It also wouldn't shock me if he had 4 or 5 sacks this year because he's that talented. I mean, you look at his athleticism testing in the production I mean, this is a guy that's clearly, you know, clearly was worth a top 75 pick. It's just the the coaching staff changes probably are going to have a big impact on him. I, I'm curious to see what he looks like in year two, how we took the, the Val Gallimore draft, uh, you know, selection. Did he take that as a slight? Did he take that as motivation to, hey, I got to get better or, or they're going to replace me? Um, I, I think Hill is one of the guys, like you mentioned, that one of the biggest wild cards on the roster. Um, let's go ahead and talk, Landon, about the the guy that he's going to likely be competing with with Snaps, uh, Navel Gallimore, who at Oklahoma played a lot as a nose tackle, um, kind of an undersized nose tackle, but uh, super fast in the straight line. I think he he ran in the I was at the low four nines. I'm pulling it up here right now just to confirm. Uh, four seven nine, even even, wow. even better. 479 yeah. four, at three hundred four pounds. Uh, the agility stuff was pretty awful 7973 cone a 501 20 yard shuttle which makes you think how in the world do you run that after doing that fast of a 40 anyways um what are we expecting from gallimore in his rookie season where do you think he's going to play is he going to be a one is he going to be a three uh where do you think his best spot is on this defense
0: yeah you know i mean I don't know for sure, but it's probably pretty hard to run a three cone at ten thirty at night. So I, I'm assuming that, that may have true. been. That may but, have. Then been, how hard.
1: do you run, But how do you run a four seven nine at nine thirty at night? I, I don't get it.
0: Well, it's it's past your bedtime at this point. I, look, I mean, look, <laughs> they, the the it's combine just numbers, the whole combine was the whole is just weird as hell. Uh, uh yeah, I, I think you know. It, again, it, sussing out the where. Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill are going to end up in this depth chart and, and what positions is is difficult. Uh, you know, I tend to think that... I, I mean, I, I if anything, I'm hoping that Hill has put on some weight in the offseason and that he would be kind of more of the nose tackle backup and Gallimore is more of the under tackle. Um, it seems
1: like Hill has the body to be that kind of hybrid,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, again, I kind of view Hill as... Closer to a uh, uh, McLean Terrell McLean kind of type. Yes, yes. Uh, You know where he could give you snaps inside and outside. Gallimore, despite him playing in that Oklahoma, that terrible Oklahoma defense, um, (laughs) and not and not that the 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 the, the schematic. I mean schematically, I mean.
1: I mean um, the defense was terrible too. Yeah, well, that too. I
0: guess (laughs) I guess I'm not wrong on any count here. Uh, No. uh, You know, I, I I just think that he's out of place. You know, I just think that that's not where. You know, he needs to be in the no. middle. I think you put him on the outside shoulder of a guard and you let him go upfield. Um, and then, you know, the question is can he turn the corner once he beats that guard around? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I think that's where I would probably look at them first. Um, and then again, you know, I it, we'll talk about it, but it's interesting to see how they will feel about these other two guys that are behind them because mm-hmm. uh, to, to us, You know, Hill and Gallimore, it's... The one thing, even though there's a lot of uncertainty here, it feels like the tiers of these tackles are pretty clear, right? Like, I mean, McCoy and Poe are clearly the starters. Hill and Gallimore are clearly the young guys trying to, you know, make their fit. And then there's the, you know, Antoine Woods and Garrett Marino kind of both undrafted free agents. Both, you know, hey, we're going to give you opportunities. And Woods, obviously, with a lot more skin on the wall. But I I just think that despite there being a whole lot of unknown in this middle tier between Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore, the lines of delineation between the tiers are very are very easily yes. drawn, right?
1: Yep, I agree. Um, it, I've taken some time to kind of think about ne- Neville Gallimore, what he could be in the NFL, and I think I've come up with a, a fairly decent comp um, and this is my Steeler bias here a little bit, right? Uh, I think Javon Hargrave, who now plays for the Eagles, who they gave a big contract to this off season, kind of that undersized uh, plays some, you know, plays as a nose tackle with Pittsburgh, played as a nose tackle at South Carolina State. Um, you know, Gallimore did the same thing, but if you put him in a four three and let him be that one technique, or, or let him be the either one or three, actually, I think he can give you a lot of uh, explosive plays up the field. I could see Gallimore having a similar type of career path as, as Javon Hargrave. And if you get that player in the third round, uh, the Cowboys will be absolutely thrilled with that. Um, another guy that we need to talk about, Landon, uh, a guy that's permanently mad on Twitter, uh, Antoine Woods. Um, who was a full-time starter for the Cowboys last year. He's so mad that you just
0: mentioned his his name on our podcast. He he heard it somehow and and he's tweeting about it. Well,
1: actually, I saw he blocked me a while ago, but that's not surprising. Uh, What's surprising is he actually deleted Twitter because people were, I don't know, getting on him about something. He was comparing himself to Dominican Sioux or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Antoine Woods, full-time player last year, probably fighting for snaps uh, behind Don Terry Poe. What do we think of Antoine Woods?
0: I don't know, man. Like, I. I
1: it seems like he wants a new contract. And yeah, really I'm just like not interested in his whole
0: spiel, frankly. You know, it's yeah. like he he he. I liked I liked what he did. You know, obviously his rookie year, he came on. Uh, well, not his rookie year, but he, this this first year with the Cowboys, he came 2018? on 2018. Uh, yeah, and he, and he and he was you know in a year where we had no nose tackles he came out of nowhere yep. and showed us something and you know a lot of what happened ended up obviously we're looking back we're like oh well you know he was beating a very hobbled travis frederick but he, he yeah, did he did yeah. get into the the regular season and, and he played well at times and i thought he, he, was, was, fine. A he was fine fine rotational yeah. defensive tackle right yep you know he hires uh roseman and uh, you know he get wait wasn't it Roseman that he hired? He hired like you oh, know Rosenhaus, Rosenhaus, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 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 and he, I was thinking Howie Rosenhaus. like my name's mixed up. <laughs> yeah, he hires Rosenhaus, and and like everyone's just like, what? Like first of all, just a, I, I, a nose tackle. Second of all, this dude like he hasn't had like a career enough to. You know when you when you hire that when you hire Rosenhaus you're going for big dollars like you know right. what I'm saying like you want not, that
1: big second contract he's not yeah.
0: wasting his time with small contract or at least not uh, publicly as much and 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 it's, he seemed to make a big deal out of the signing so immediately it was like well what are you expecting to get here because you're not you know like a you know the incredible athlete you know a uh, once in a lifetime kind of guy who could be a nose tackle who rushes the passer like. You're one of the more value less valued positions in sports right now. Sure. So,
1: sure.
0: I, and then last year, you know, his game was up and down, and 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 I, you know, I just think I, I'm not really interested in like someone who is, and I hate to be like this, but someone who like can't accept the like what their role is. You know, yeah, like
1: when you're when you're the fourth or fifth defensive tackle on your
0: team, you got to know your role. Yeah, right? I mean, just you or just to. know that, like, you know, that's and that's not. There's nothing wrong with that, but but there's also no, no. you know, there's there's nothing that's helping your case by. And again, I, I want all these guys to go get their money. Like everyone, get money. I'm excited for that. But I think that you know there is also the argument of knowing your value, and and yep. and I think that you know he is very much overshooting his value to the point where i mean i don't
1: he hasn't has he
0: signed his tender yet that's the other thing no, i want to know
1: no no that that's the thing is i think he's still thinking he's going to get a long term deal
0: he has no Bloody, leverage uh, like he literally no, literally had i mean no. i don't i'm not like exaggerating here like there is zero leverage he cannot sign right. with another team the only thing he right. could do is sign his his RFA contract that's been sent to him, so it's no, like it's not even that. It's the exclusive. Yeah, yeah, e- e- Yeah. So like, I, I I don't really understand what, and it's stuff like this that it's like, like this doesn't even make any sense. Like you know, so yeah. I, I, if this is an indication of like the kind of issues that he's going to cause, then I, I'm I'm just not really like he's not worth this trouble at all.
1: <laughs> My guess is what happened was. He saw that the team brought in Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. They drafted a defensive tackle in the third round. The coaching staff that played him a bunch is no longer here. He probably knows what's going to happen at the end of training camp and at the end of the preseason. Right? He's probably going to be a guy that doesn't make this final roster. Or even if he does, he's probably not going to be active on game day. So he's probably trying to, you know, get Dallas to outright release him or pull the pull the tender off him so he can go sign with somebody okay. else.
0: I, I totally get that. Like I understand that. That's I mean that's kind of you know trying to manipulate the, the yeah the, absolutely which yeah but, which is fine. Like I actually don't have a problem with that necessarily. It's it's the only lever that he has available to him. I and I understand. Sure. That. What I don't understand is is does he think that that's going to work? Because. He's not talented enough to be to you know take a crowbar and wedge himself off of one team in order to go to like is he, does he think that there's like especially now yeah especially at this point does he think that there's going to be a season. bunch of teams like lining up to sign him because I just no, I can't no, imagine no. that so I no. just, I'm very confused I, by his his like you know choices that he makes in, in his career and, and and I like his play on the field mostly but I'm so concerned by. His kind of misguided miscalculation of his own value—that if he's going to pull stuff like this, like this, it's not yeah, worth I'm the down. trouble, frankly.
1: Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and this is this is not the time to do that because what June, July are the hardest times of the year to get a job, right? Because nobody wants to sign players now because they want to see what they have in these guys in training camp in the preseason, and then if and then if you get cut, you know, it, you know, before the season starts. Most teams have the roster set, so it's awfully hard for a veteran defensive tackle who is only eh when he plays to, to find a roster spot, especially if all you do is stop the run and you only do that okay. It's a tough position for Anton Woods, I know, but man, uh, I don't think he's played his cards right so far this offseason. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish out this defensive tackle room. All right, Landon, um, anybody else we need to talk about for this defensive, you know, interior defensive line group? Uh, obviously, we think that Tyrone Crawford is probably going to get some snaps inside. Is there anybody else that we should be talking about in regards to this unit?
0: Uh, Garrett Marino is a guy who I still have not been able to find any tape on, you know, <laughs> like any, any All-22. Yeah. But I, I keep hearing lots of good things about, um, you know, how, how he performed and that he... He could be a, a decent guy for them in, in the rotation. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. It just seems like they're very short at defensive tackle, right? Like six doesn't seem like a lot to be going into camp with, especially since you you, you only really have like maybe one or two other guys who can kick inside, right? Right. So it, it's interesting. But you kind of know
1: the four that's going to make the roster. That's what's so you, well. You know, I the mean, top yeah. Four <laughs> so
0: set in stone. That's, that's what makes it so so difficult. Yeah. I, I guess so. And I guess it just. It feels like they're limiting their ability to uh, potentially pick up somebody down roster that could surprise you. But I guess they just—I mean—the truth of the matter is—is is they probably want to carry only four defensive tackles, and they may already know which four they want. So,
1: yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. And again, we'll probably see some snaps from Tyrone Crawford inside. So if they get an injury, you can do that. Um, you know, they they have some even other maybe Joe Jackson. Maybe that's another guy that could maybe. Uh, Moonlight a little bit inside too if you need him to. So, uh, something to keep an eye on. Garrett Marino, um, an older prospect. He's actually 25, so he's older than both Gallimore and Tristan Hill. Uh, Kind of fascinating, but something just to keep your eye on as a potential, um, you know, maybe practice squad guy that they bring up if they have some injuries. Um, Let's go ahead and grade this unit, Landon. Um, A lot of change over the last year. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be really difficult considering all the fresh faces, but uh how do we rank this unit
0: well i guess you know it's i mean again like the, the difficult thing is the unknown here and, and there's so much unknown you've got two starters who are coming from a new team uh into your system you're going to be in a new system uh mm-hmm. and then you've got a rookie and a second year player who have as a, i mean you know tristan <laughs> think about this for a second Tristan Hill uh, of your you know projected four defensive tackles that you think will make the t- team. Tristan Hill is the guy that's had the most snaps for the Cowboys uh, of these <laughs> of these four starting tackles. So, and he has not had any snaps in this system. So, no. there is a lot of unknown here, to say the least. Uh, I would say that I you know it, the range of where this could be is anywhere. I would say to from a C minus. To a B minus, I think. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity that if if mm. you know Poe has a good has has a good season, um, and McCoy kind of has a little bit of a of a slight resurgence, you get something out of Tristan Hill, you get something out of Neville Gallimore, maybe you've got a nice little rotation inside. Uh, Tyron Crawford gives you some pass rush, uh, in in nickel situations. Uh, you know, I think you could cobble together a pretty decent group. And and, and that could I mean certainly they could do the job. I don't know that it's, they're going to be flashy. I don't know that they're going to you know dominate you know the 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 middle of the of the field. But really, I think you know in the run game you need them to just keep your linebackers clean. And in the pass game, push the pocket in some manner. And, and I think they're going to get help in the from, from the guys on the outside with that. So uh, yeah, I would say somewhere between C minus and B minus.
1: Yeah, see, I actually think the range is even a little wider because I do think. I think there's a chance that, uh, you know, Gerald McCoy, who looks like he lost a bunch of weight this season, I think he can be, you know, a really, really good player. I mean, last year from, you know, Pro Football Focus, uh, he's still graded out as one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Don Terry Poe is still uh, a fine starter. So, um, you know, those guys both can play at the same level that they did last year, and I actually expect them to be a little better. Those are very, you know, two good starters. And then you do have... Gallimore and Tristan Hill so you have adequate depth you've got guys with pedigree you've got guys behind them with athleticism and um, that could potentially show some promise so I I would even say up to a B plus I think this this has a chance to be a really really good unit now there are some questions because of all the uncertainty because all these guys are playing in a new scheme I think it could be a little rough to start the season Um, but I, I, I am I'm fascinated by this group I think we'll know I think we'll know right away whether it's a better or worse unit than we saw last year. Uh, I, I am excited to see uh, some of the changes the Cowboys have made on the interior defensive line. I, I will add that in is this that real real quick. Quick.
0: that the, they have definitely upgraded the talent. Now, how the talent is uh, yes. yep. distributed and how the talent fits with scheme, that's the t- the million dollar question. Absolutely.
1: That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.